all you tunes out there, and welcome back to another episode of History of Animation. Today, I wanted to talk about someone that hated working at Disney so much that they started their own studio, mostly out of spite. And no, I'm not talking about DreamWorks, though it is weird that this seems to have happened multiple times. I am talking about Don Bluth, the creator of Bluth Studios, and the creative mind behind many classic animated films, and a very amazingly animated video game. Booth was born September 13, 1937, in El Paso, Texas. Now, he didn't always hate Disney. He grew up as a fan, and it must have been a dream come true when he was able to get a job in the company. He worked on some amazing Disney films like Sleeping Beauty, The Sword in the Stone, Robin Hood, and The Rescuers. But over time, the company changed. He felt like the company was cutting corners in production and not letting artists be creative and innovative like they used to be. Now in all honesty, he was probably right. What he was noticing was the company's change after Walt Disney's death. Walt had a passion for animation and was always looking for new ways to innovate the medium. The heads that took control after his death didn't care about animation or innovation. They were more interested in chasing profits. According to videolibrarian.com, Bluth and his partners handed in their letters of resignation to the studio head Ron Miller. They claimed that they were leaving the company in the name of Walt Disney. Eleven more animators followed them the next day. This resulted in Disney losing about 15% of their animation department. This actually ended up delaying the release of The Fox and the Hound by a whole year. Blue's first movie at his new studio was The Secret of Nim. This movie was released in the summer of 1982 and was an adaptation of Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. I remember loving this movie so much when I was a kid. This will probably date me, but my sister and I would rent this movie out from Blockbuster so often that the employee working there eventually just gave it to us. I think it was slated to be thrown out or something. I was pretty young, so I don't really remember it that well. I do know that when I watched it again when I was a bit older, I was surprised at how dark it was. I do highly recommend watching it. It wasn't too big of a hit when it was first released, but it gained a cult following by people like me that found it after its video release. Of course, that cult following came a bit too late, and... Don Bluth Studios filed for bankruptcy later that year. They did relaunch the studio as Bluth Group. Bluth Group actually focused on video games. It was still early in the 1980s, so video games were starting to get popular. In 1983, they released Dragon's Lair. The graphics of this game are really amazing. Game graphics tend to get really dated over time, but Dragon Lair really differs with most games because it was supposed to be animated like an actual movie. So instead of looking like a game from the 80s, it 
looks like an animated film from the 80s. This was a moderate success for Booth, but sadly, soon after that, the video game industry crashed in 1983, and again, Booth had to figure out a new way to move forward. This new way would be Sullivan Bluth Studios. It was founded in 1985 when Bluth teamed up with a businessman named Morris Sullivan. They started off in California, but later moved to Ireland. I heard that this was because Bluth didn't want to deal with U.S. animation unions. It's a widely spread rumor that is even mentioned in the Cartoon Brew article that I read for this, but I'm not really sure if that's true or not. Anyways, this studio would release some of Bluth's most critically acclaimed films, starting with An American Tale. This was released in 1986. To make this, they teamed up with Steven Spielberg's Amblin's Entertainment. At the time, American Tale was the highest grossing non-Disney animated film of all time, which makes it all the more funny that it's a movie about a little mouse. Bluth and Spielberg would team up again, this time along with George Lucas, to make The Land Before Time. This is a classic that I'm sure many of you listening grew up with. It was a huge success and made $84.5 million, which is all the more impressive against the $12 million budget it took to make. I'm not too sure why, but Amblin Entertainment stopped working with Bluth after this. They went on to make other movies, including Balto, which was another childhood favorite of mine. Of course, Bluth and his studio continued to make movies, but his movies would really struggle after this. For example, the movie All Dogs Go to Heaven, an amazing and kind of dark movie that, unfortunately for them, was released on the same day as Disney's The Little Mermaid. Since most people point to The Little Mermaid as the start of the Disney Renaissance, you can imagine how well that went over. Honestly, if I was choosing to see a movie with a ch small child, I probably would have chosen The Little Mermaid as well. All Dogs Go to Heaven is a really good movie, but there are some scenes that I am worried would scare little kids. Blue's next few movies would continue to struggle. These include Rockadoodle-Doo, Thumbelina, A Troll in Central Park, and The Pebble and the Penguin. These movies were not bad, but all of them underperformed. So Sullivan Bluth Studios was forced to declare bankruptcy and shut down in October of 1995. Still, this didn't stop Bluth. He moved on this time to Fox Animation Studios. Here is where he worked on Anastasia, which came out in 1997. It made $140 million against its $53 million budget. It was a big success, despite Disney re-releasing The Little Mermaid the week before. From my understanding, Disney was trying to crush Fox Animation. I guess since The Little Mermaid had beaten a Booth film before, they thought it could do it again. 
Sadly, Fox animation didn't last too long. The next film that Bluth worked on for them was Titan AE. This movie was such a flop at the box office that only 10 days after its release, Fox shut down the studio. Bluth also hasn't directed a film since. He's still around, he's just doing other things. I found Dom Bluth Studios website and according to it he released a autobiography and is working on a new children's book. The book is called Yuki Star and the Sea and it seems like the hope is that if the book is successful they'll turn it into an animated series. Honestly, I am really impressed by Don Bluth. No matter what happened, he kept going. I mean, if he had stopped when his first studio went under, we would have missed some amazing and award-winning films. If you want to learn more about him, I'm leaving the resources I used in the description, and I would also recommend reading his autobiography. It's called Somewhere Out There, My Animated Life. Well, that's it for now. Don't forget to like this episode and follow for more animation history.